I'm Miranda Lee, and you're listening to the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, a show created for moms who want to feed their families foods that heal them, not hurt them. Food was meant to be our medicine, and the best way to do that is by focusing on the ingredients, not the calories. Here, you'll find everything you need to know about holistic nutrition sprinkled with some motherhood, faith, and non-toxic living along the way. I can't wait to grow with you. Let's dive in. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Miranda. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about homeschooling because like we were talking about before I hit record, um, this episode is going to be dedicated to my husband who does not want me to homeschool our kids. Um, we're still, you know, talking back and forth of what we're going to do. Our, we just have one kid right now and he's a year old, so we do have Got some time. time. <laughs> we have time, time um, to, to convince him otherwise. Um, so I can't wait to just get into um, like the benefits of homeschooling and debunking the myths that, you know, many people assume when it comes to homeschooling kids. Um, but before all that, can you introduce yourself and tell tell the audience who you are and what you do and how you got to what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Amanda Schenkenberger, and I'm a homeschool coach. I'm actually a homeschool kid myself. I have four boys that I homeschool, uh, ages three to almost 11. Oh, my goodness. Um, And basically, I help homeschool moms create a schedule, calm the chaos, and create their dream relationships with their children so that we can prioritize heartfelt connection and rigorous academics. I think that um, in my field, I see a lot of moms, they want to connect with their kids, but sometimes the academics fall to the side. But then when they try to prioritize the academics, the connection gets disrupted. So I believe you can have both at the same time. And uh, I got started um, doing this a little over a year ago. It was like one of those aha moments. I'd been trying to enroll everybody in homeschooling anyways. (laughs) And God was just like, hello, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be really good at this. And so now I have a program and a community uh, where I help moms really um, pair connection and academics together. So that is awesome. I love that. God always has has a bigger, better plan that we ever have for ourselves anyways. So that's so Absolutely. great. Yeah. So. Did you always know that you wanted to homeschool your kids? Was that like something you always knew? Yeah. hundred percent. So I got to be homeschooled up until high school. My parents got a divorce. And so this is a little bit of background context specifically for your husband. So I was loosely homeschooled. We had a ranch. And so I learned basics like reading and some math. Um, But then I was outside all the time with the horses and the dogs. And so I got a lot of life experience. And uh, then my parents in my early tweens, their marriage started like they started to split. And so there were probably a good three years, three years of my teen year, tween years that I did not get any homeschooling experience. Like there wasn't school. There was like chaos in my life. And so we all decided because they're like, well, what is, what are we going to do with Amanda? Like, she's just kind of flopping over here. We decided to put me in public school. And when I got to public school, I was terrified because I hadn't done school for a while. 
And um, not of like the social aspect, because I was very, very social. I was actually excited for that part. But for the academic part, because I was like, I think I'm just going to fail. I'm so worried. I even started a grade back because I was so worried. And wouldn't you know it, just a couple months in to my first year of public school, I'm at the top of all of my classes. And I was like, wait, I'm at the top of my science class. I'd never taken a science class. It was all hands-on, like helping horses and dogs have babies. So I got science, but you know, nothing like in a classroom setting. And my English class, I'm at the top of my English class. I'm at the top of my math class. I'm at the top. I don't even know what other classes I had. Debate. I was in debate. And I was like, oh my gosh, I played outside for my entire childhood, got limited school experience then like fell through the cracks for a while and I'm doing better than everybody in public school and like at that age freshman in high school I was like I'm never sending my kids to public school this is stupid <laughs> I That's love that I told <laughs> that so, crazy go ahead I'm just like that like the fact that that's when you noticed was like when you were you got exposed to public school Oh man, that's, that's great. I love it. Yeah. And so the reason I knew I could do well in public school was because as a child, I learned to love learning and I learned my own way of doing research and the way that worked for my brain. I had space to explore and understand myself because I wasn't like, okay, we've got to get this writing assignment in, yada, yada, yada. I was allowed to pursue my passion. So I could have really told you anything about horses or dogs, specifically Jack Russell Terriers. Like I knew them in and out and Appaloosa horses, history. Like I knew all that stuff and that was my passion. And because I had the space to deep dive into what I loved when I was put in an environment that I had to study for the things that I didn't like or I didn't feel confident in, I knew I could find the answer. I was resourceful because I had already learned how to do that as a child, doing it with the things that I loved. And so I think that's one of the huge benefits of homeschooling. It's not that it just helps kids develop a love of learning. It really helps set them up for success to learn how their own brain works and learn how to research for things like that they don't like to do, but they already know how to do it. And so I think that's one of the huge benefits of homeschooling. Yeah. My my husband and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, you know, all these kids have, are being diagnosed with like ADHD and ADD. And I'm just like, I just don't think kids were like meant to sit at a desk for eight hours a day. Like I'd get antsy too. Like that's, that's crazy. That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's other things too, like don't even get me started about dyes and, and things like that. But like kids weren't meant to sit at a desk for hours straight learning, like, like go, go outside, be creative. And everyone learns differently. Like you like to do research, you know, other kids might like to learn in different ways. And I think it's so unfair to just assume that all kids learn the same. We're going to stick them in a classroom and then, you know, everyone has to do like essentially busy work, Mm -hmm. all these homework assignments and stuff. Yeah. When kids could really like you take, so and my state, I live in Oregon, kids starting in kindergarten are expected to be at school eight hours a day. 
like like I just like I can't even fathom and you know depending on what school you go to like recess maybe tops an hour maybe right and so kids physical activity they're not being like stimulated in the right ways and then they're being punished a lot of not like corporal punishment obviously but it feels like they're being punished simply because they haven't learned how to like stop wiggling their body and and we expect them to focus for long periods of time when we can't even focus for like a 30 minute conversation right and then we yep. expect children to do that and it's, and i i've talked to many many former public school teachers who now homeschool their own kids and they talk about and then they were like elementary school teachers primarily. They talk, they've talked to me about how most of school at the primary ages, like kindergarten and first grade, they're just helping kids like understand the system of being in a large group of like, okay, now we line up to go take a drink from the water fountain. And then we like all follow each other outside. And then you know, we all like, it's about processes. It's not even about actually learning anything that the kids care about. It's just how to obey in a large setting. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. And all the things that like we're taught in school that has nothing to do with anything, like you have to raise your hand to go to the bathroom. Like, you know how many times in public school I was told no? Like, how can you tell a kid no when they need to go to the bathroom and they raise their hand? No. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. So side note, like I know you mentioned, um, like your husband, like not wanting to raise weird kids. So I, as a homeschool kid, when I tell people I was homeschooled, they were like, oh, but you're not weird (laughs) all the time. And it was like this stigma. And even to this day, like knowing so many homeschoolers, like a very small percentage, maybe like five to 10% are weird. And it's not because they homeschool. It's because their family is weird. So if you don't like start out weird, your homeschool is not going to make your kids weird. Like it blows my mind how people are like, well, if I keep them home all the time, like they'll be weird. Like, first of all, can you keep your kids home all the time? Or are you going to want to get out of the house? (laughs) Pretty sure you're going to want to get out of the house. Um, but if you aren't weird to start with, you're not gonna homeschooling doesn't make your kids weird. And so often, like we'll go to a park or meet new friends, and they're like, Oh, your kids are so polite. Oh, like they wow, he just asked me a really intelligent question. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, we homeschool. And they're like, Well, what about socialization? And I'm like, Does my child not you just complimented my child? And it's a running joke among homeschool moms because it happens all the time. It's insane. And so thinking about homeschooling and you want your kids to be properly socialized. A hundred percent. You don't want your kids to not have confidence in a social situation. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, so there are ways, obviously, to socialize your kids, you know, taking them to church, homeschool co-ops, um, taking them to the grocery store, right? Having everyday interactions and actually the freebie I'm going to offer you, offer your listeners, uh, is actually titled Fostering Intelligence Through Meaningful Conversation. Right. And so it's about developing a child's sense of emotional intelligence and social intelligence through 
talking and discussion. Um, and so ki my kids aren't weird. Like maybe my kids are weird in the sense that they um, don't have a cell phone. Or maybe they're weird in the sense that they make eye contact with you <laughs> when they speak, right? But these are the things I want my kids to be weird for because I think the norm isn't great. And I would ask your husband the question, have him think about, you know, does your child need hundreds of other people to be properly socialized? And then how many times in school were you told that school isn't for socialization, you're here to learn? And how can you socialize if you're sitting quietly in a chair and not interacting with the people over here? <laughs> How are you getting socialized? And what what would you, and this is a great question to just ask yourself, what is proper socialization? Like, how would you define that? And can that definition fit outside of a public school context, right? It does it even fit inside of a public school context. So those are some really good things to think about um, when it comes to socialization, because you don't need hundreds of people that you're quietly sitting next to in order to socialize. And then thinking about, sorry, I'm going on a tangent, interrupt at any point, oh, no, thinking you're about the, the experiences you had in public school, if you don't want your kids to miss out, well, were there some not great experiences that your kid, like you had as a kid in public school, that it would be great for your child to miss out on? Like, I found out some things on the bus that I wish I did not find out on the bus about. <laughs> Right. And there was so many times, so many times that I was offered weed in school, like literally we're in class and somebody leans over and is like, hey, like I, I hear you're stuffy. Do you want to like smoke later with me? No, I don't. I'll just breathe in my Vicks. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, so there's so many um things that I want my child, like I feel the benefit of them avoiding and maintaining their innocence and allowing them to pursue their passions. Um, then these experiences that they'll probably have at school. So those are just some thoughts. And plus school is way different than when we were kids. It's so much different. Like just the topic of conversation is so much different. And I'd like to navigate those conversations with my child at home. And then when they encounter them, because they will, um, they're well-prepared and we've thought through this and we've developed like, okay, what would you say to somebody who brings this topic up, right? Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm gonna hand it back to you. I could just go on for hours. <laughs> Hey mamas, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about my favorite makeup and skincare company, Tubes & Co Organics. I love them because they use real ingredients like tallow from grass-fed cows, organic cold-pressed olive oil and certified organic essential oils, and they never use synthetic chemicals, GMOs, toxins, or artificial colors and dyes or fragrances that we do not want in our makeup or skincare products. I made the switch to Tubes & Co Organics because here's the thing, you guys, your skin is your largest organ. You can be eating the cleanest, most organic ingredients and foods 
possible. But if you are putting lotions and skincare products or makeup, like your primer and foundations on that have these harsh chemicals and toxins in them, your skin is going to absorb it. And I totally trust Tubes & Co because they are made with these real ingredients, don't have all this artificial shenanigans in them. And they're also made in the USA. They are supporting small family owned farms and they're all about being sustainable, fair trade, transparent and ethical. These are all things that just align with my values. So I got a discount code for you guys if you go to tupsandco.com. So T-O-U-P-S-A-N-D-C-O.com and use the code BREADTHERAPY10. You will get 10% off your order. So go check out their skincare and their makeup and let me know if you need any product recommendations but I hope you guys enjoy Tubes & Co. as much as I do. Let's get back to the show. I love it because like you just totally debunked the whole socialization myth when it comes to homeschooling. Because yeah, I mean, you don't need hundreds of people to to socialize your kid. And like you don't know who you're socializing your kid with. Yeah. Like even the adults. Like I remember like there was weird stuff going on with even like the teachers and stuff when I was in public school like I can probably count maybe four different teachers growing up who got arrested for you know things that they shouldn't have been doing with children wow you know and like I wasn't you know, it was more of an outsider's perspective but still like these are supposed to be adults that I'm to trust yeah Yeah. and then there's the whole safety thing not not in the sense of like sexual assault from an adult to a child but how many people like even in elementary schools like in recent years there's been school shootings children i mean tennessee that one happened earlier this year right a couple like nine-year-olds died because they were shot by somebody who is not stable you know, like, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll keep my babies at home. Like, I don't, don't even like homeschool. That's okay. We could talk about that, but at least school at home because like, it's not worth the end of the day, your kid being scared. And this is a whole nother thing. If you're, if you've got a little bit of a worrier, right? Um, your child's a bit of a worry worry, and they hear about these events where, children die or somebody could come in and shoot them and that's lingering on in the back of their mind they're actually not learning in school because they're in a place of fear and you cannot absorb information like when you're learning new concepts at school that has to do with your prefrontal cortex you cannot access that when you're in fear so your child is literally not learning when they're scared so why send them there yeah how about the I guess the argument that your kids will be too sheltered if they're homeschooled because like, yes, you don't want to expose them to all these quote unquote bad things that they can experience at public schools. But I mean, we don't want to shelter them too much where now they can't, now they aren't prepared for the real world, I guess. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. Right. Especially for people who are like Christian and like, we don't want like super sheltered children. So my question would be like, for you, what would a sheltered child, like what, what does sheltering a child look like? 
What are the cons? What are the benefits? Where would you draw the line? Right. That's a that's a completely um, like family personal question because that it has and it has nothing to do with homeschooling. Like you can shelter your child more through homeschooling, but you could also take them to a private school out in the country and that could be quote unquote sheltering them. So it really depends, first of all, on what that person means by sheltering. But for us, as with our family, it's about having a space where we talk about these hot topics as a family and help them build their thinking around it, critical thinking skills, and helping them talk it out and exploring the way it makes them feel and talking about that. So for us, conversation, being able to have that conversation and not being stolen on the bus or being stolen by a teacher or you know the kid sitting next to me in a class, we're able to develop them well. And so I actually live um, near Portland, Oregon. And so my kids see people all the time. Is that person a boy or a girl? You know what, honey? They might not actually identify as either. Let's talk about that. Like, what do you think about that? What does the Bible say about that? We're very much go back to the Bible kind of family. What does God say about this? Does God love this person? How can we love this person and show them that they're valuable, right? It's about those foundations, which is literally nothing to do with sheltering them from it, but introducing it to them in an appropriate way. That's going, that's appropriate age level and help them grow in a way that they value people who are different from them. And they can also think critically for themselves when um, new situations might come up that we haven't talked about yet. So that's yeah. that's really, that's my version of sheltering. Um, and I don't see it as a bad thing. Yeah, I, I like that because it's so true that a lot of these topics of conversations are being stolen from us that we don't get to choose when we introduce it or, or how it's introduced. Mm-hmm. And And like you said, like defining these things ourselves because like, okay, if your definition of, you know, a kid being socialized is, you know, maybe being like having like PE with, with, um, with some friends or having that conversation, having different conversations with other people like you, there's so many ways to socialize your with your kids that have nothing to do with, you know, like you said, sitting in a classroom, like there are club sports, there's church you know like the the homeschooling co-ops like you were saying like you actually get so much more control and power when when you're homeschooling because you decide the type of socialization um and the conversations that you're having with your kids that you wouldn't get those decisions at all if yeah you know if they were in public schools yeah and to that note it's really important for you to actually know what's happening in public schools um because even like elementary schools, there's the like boys bathrooms have tampons because there are some boys that identify as girls and there's gender neutral bathrooms. So girls like girl has no safe place to go for a restroom um, without a boy who's super curious and maybe aggressive towards her. Right. And then there's no monitoring happening in the bathroom. And there's I've had families locally, you know, when they um go, they talk about a they'll have like a how do they phrase it? They, they've been calling it social emotional learning, which is baloney because that's it's not what social emotional learning is. Um, 
but they'll introduce the topic of you can be a boy or a girl like whatever you feel like. And so families are supposed to be able to opt out, like have their child pulled out of the class for this. But almost every adult that like parent that I've talked to that have opted out for their kids to like not be in the class during that didn't happen. Like because their kid came home and talked about it with them. Like you were supposed to be pulled out and there's no accountability. And sometimes, you know, it could be an oversight, but maybe it's not an oversight. Like you don't know your kids are somewhere else under somebody else's care. And I think the most like most empowering thing we can do as a parent is to homeschool them because we get to make all these decisions and throw out, you know, first of all, what's actually really not important that they learn about just intellectually And then we get to set up the filter for them with these different conversations. Like, you know, they talk a lot about body safety in the elementary years um, uh, uh, in public school, which is great. But then how far does that actually go? Right. Like, okay, so you wear a swimsuit. This is a safe place to not touch. Like, that's great. I, I love that. But there's lines that are getting crossed. And I've talked to these parents or even elementary school, like there's somebody locally who pulled her, her daughter out of kindergarten because a boy like had been coming over to her, a little boy be coming over to her and said, can you lift up your dress? I want to see what's under your dress. And like, okay, that's clearly conditioned because this kid's like seven. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, I don't even want my daughter. I don't have a daughter, but I wouldn't want my daughter to be asked that question and for her to feel uncomfortable at seven or six. Right. And that's just, it's just happening. Yeah. It, these things that are out of our control, unfortunately, but they can be in our control if, if we homeschool. (laughs) Uh Yeah. There's, and you know what? let's even say that the kids like in your previous story they were pulled out well the the kids who were a part of it are still going to have these conversations um you know so even if they were pulled out they're they're still being exposed to it in some in some sense and you know i I just want to i'm sure people are listening might think we have a certain viewpoint of these things you know maybe your viewpoint my viewpoint might be a little different and I don't want people holding on to like oh you don't want um you just don't want your kids exposed to these things that are quote-unquote against the bible and it's like it's not even that it's we're supposed to you know but we we get a pass down I guess our beliefs to our children and when you're putting your kids into the secular place for five out of seven days of the week. Like they're, that's how their beliefs are going to be molded as well. So it's not even whether or not we agree with the things going on in, in school, but like now your, your kids are in this public school where everyone has like these different beliefs where some kids aren't being raised with the same beliefs, morals, values as your kid. And it's not pointing your finger at other kids saying that they're bad. It's like, if I have the power to, you know, surround my kids with like-minded individuals, like let's say in the homeschooling co-ops that you're part of, like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Mm -hmm. 
And it really, what I love about homeschooling, it's about imparting your core values and beliefs to your children. And I, it's like, my business is called Homeschool Family Legacy, right? We are imparting our family's legacy into our children. And I haven't seen, having been in public school myself, that public school, what, it doesn't matter what they're teaching. I haven't seen it teach how, how to value other people that disagree with you. When I was in debate in high school, like I actually stopped because it brought me to a really ugly place where I like was, I, I don't know if you've seen the Barbie movie, but the the daughter's, uh, the main character's daughter, like she like bites into people and like tears them apart. Like that's what I was becoming. And not to say like, it was just that environment. And so I would rather keep my kids home impart my values to my children while teaching them how to respectfully disagree with people who have, have a different point of view and love them. Because in my personal opinion, people are created in God's image. And when I love somebody well, wherever they're at, whatever they, you know, however they disagree with me, I'm honoring God right? The Bible says to honor all people. And so I don't think public school is going to teach my child how to honor everybody. And so especially those that have a different opinion. So I think if I, if as a person, if I really want my children to embrace people and love people well, um, I need to homeschool them because I think public school creates division and I like, that's not what I want to teach my children. Um, and so that's for me, it's, I don't really care what, like, I do care what you believe, but it's not, that's not what's important. It's important that I love and respect you. Um, even though we have different values and my kids are only going to learn that in an intimate environment. Yeah. And, and like you said about like public schools, like really dividing, like I remember, being in elementary school and like there would be like the three different groups there was like the blue group the white group and the red group and the red group was like the sm the smartest basically and then the blue group was the least um mm -hmm. academically advanced as the other ones and it's like yeah you called them like by their colors but it's like everyone knew the difference between the groups and like i just can't imagine like I was in the red group so I never you know I never felt maybe the the self-esteem issues intellectually that maybe other people in other groups felt um but everyone has like different learning styles and stuff so it's like how dare you like put someone in this lower level group when it's like they're just not being challenged the way that they thrive like they're not being taught the way that they thrive and then we all at the end of the day get graded with like letters or numbers where like do you does homeschooling have grading systems in that way I'm I'm not familiar so this is um actually depends on your state so my uh, where I live, I actually only have to have my kids tested like third grade, uh, fifth grade, seventh grade. And if they fall below a certain number on their on their testing, then um, they have to take it again. And then if they're below that certain number again, then uh, like we work with the state moving forward. Um, 
it's a really low number though. And so it's like, you almost have to fail. <laughs> you have to try to fail to get there. Um, but the point, uh, what I'm trying to make is I don't have to show that test to my kids. I don't have to keep track of grading. Um, a lot of states, you just have to keep track of a certain um, number of hours that you're doing homeschooling. So a lot of times you don't even need grades. Now, I fully believe it's important to like test your kids to see where they're falling and to identify here's a strength and here's a weakness and like, okay, let's support this weakness and let's see you soar with your strength, right? Um, but that has zero to do with A, B, C, or D, right? Mm-hmm. I just, it's yeah. about like, okay, let's figure out how you learn best because there's there's visual learners, there's kinesthetic learners, there's um, uh, auditory learners. Yeah, I'm going to, I have a book right here. I've been hosting a book club. Um, this is great for anybody. It's called The Eight Great Smarts by Kathy Cook. Um, and this, this isn't the homeschool version. This is the regular version. And when you understand your child's smarts, whether you have them in public school or homeschool or private school, you begin to see the power of their brain and when, how much, um, school smarts are catered to in public school and how much you can really develop your child's smarts through homeschooling. Kathy advocates for homeschooling, but it's not a homeschooling book. Um, And so the school system only fosters one, like two or three of the great smarts, the eight great smarts. The others aren't fostered through the public school system. They're actually like kind of squashed or you become like a drama kid or you become like the athlete, but those don't have to do with actual school. Those are extracurriculars. And so if we can empower our kids to learn the way they are smart, they just begin to soar and their confidence, their confidence is what's key to learning. And so when they feel empowered and that they are smart, not am I smart? It's how am I smart? That makes such a difference in the way they approach learning and their passions and what you would label as, as schoolwork. So um, it again, get back to your question. Most states, you don't need like a grading rubric, um, but some states you do. So, mm-hmm. but most you don't. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like it's more of essentially a pass or fail kind of grading in a way. You know, most states aren't even like that. Some, mm-hmm. a lot of states don't require testing. Really? Um, so it's like, especially once you get to the high school years, it's like you begin creating their transcript and you essentially, like once they hit a certain number of hours, you're like, uh, you're graduated high school. Hooray. <laughs> right. My, my, um, He's in sixth grade, my my almost 11-year-old. He can actually start taking high school classes uh, and receiving credit for them. And he's he's just 10, right? So if it's a high school level, um, high school level class, he can actually start earning credits to graduate early. Um, And he, you know, as he gets a little older, college credits go towards your high school diploma number of hours too. So if he's like 14 and he wants to take a college class, that will transfer onto his, um, like to his high school diploma. So, um, it's only until high school that that stuff kind of starts mattering, but 
uh, anything before that, it, it, unless your state specifically requires it, you're, you can grade or not grade uh, however you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, like you don't have to like tell your kids or, you know, like, oh, here's your report card. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's really unfair to like with the grading systems in like public schools and stuff. I think it's unfair to expect every kid not only to learn the same way, but like be good at all the subjects. Mm -hmm. Like I remember growing up, like my worst subject was always history. Mm-hmm. I just I I didn't en- I didn't enjoy it and even though like I paid attention and everything I just I just wasn't good at it um I didn't like it that much and now it's like now that I'm an adult I've been getting more into history and it's like well this wasn't how I was being taught as a kid so like no wonder I wasn't yep. into history because they weren't trying to teach me the way that interested me it was like okay how can we educate this class as a whole and mm-hmm. unfortunately that's kind of a downside with public school like each kid doesn't get the specific attention that they deserve and that they could have that would help them thrive in an intellectual and emotional setting. Hey guys, I want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about my favorite online market, which is Thrive Market. I just absolutely love everything that Thrive stands for. They are on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable. They have high quality, healthy, sustainable products at member only prices. So you get all this high quality stuff for a bargain. Like these prices cannot be beat anywhere else. And you can not only get like pantry essentials and grocery items, but there's also non-toxic cleaning supplies, beauty items, baby and bath products, and even biodynamic wine. Like they have anything and everything that you need if you like went to the local Walmart or something like that, except they only carry products that they want 100% back, which I love. So you're not going to go on there and find like Doritos and Pringles, but you are going to find healthier alternatives that, you know, are dye free or that or organic or gluten free, like just healthier versions of the snacks and foods that you love. And I think my favorite part is that they have these filters for you to filter through your values or your dietary preference preferences or lifestyle choices. So like, for example, for me, whenever I'm trying to um, get food or groceries on Thrive Market, I'll always do like the filters for organic, gluten-free and dye-free because those are just my dietary preferences and allergies. And it will just give me everything that fits those those filters and then you know if I want to get some makeup on there or cleaning supplies like I'll look at women only I'll put like the women owned only business filter on there I'll do fair trade or I'll do eco-friendly packaging and it'll bring up everything that fits that I love it and I think my most favorite part of Thrive Market, which you can't really find at any other grocery store, is that they give you little refill packs for your seasonings, like salt, pepper, paprika, garlic powder, whatever. You can order that on Thrive Market as well. And I love that because you don't have to just get a whole new container every time, which is so wasteful. They just give you 
a little packet for you to refill your own containers at home. Um, but that's just personally one of my favorite parts. So I don't have, that just helps me reduce my carbon footprint and waste that I'm, and that's something I'm really passionate about. So yes, Thrive Market is amazing for a million different reasons. So it is a $60 annual membership fee or you pay $12 a month for the membership. You get free shipping if you spend $49 or more, which is amazing because that's super easy. You know, when you grocery shop, you're spending $49 at least. So free, fast, carbon neutral shipping, like super fast. Um, and with my link, you are going to get 30% off your first order and a free gift valuing up to $60. So you can go in the show notes for my link or you can go to linktree.com forward slash this is Miranda Lee and I'll have it on there. But I highly recommend Thrive Market. I've had it for years and I will have it probably forever. It is just a great way to have high quality products but also save money and it fits in my budget. I absolutely love it. So like I said, check the show notes for your 30% off and free gift. And let's get back to the episode. Um, my my oldest is technically two grades ahead. He should be going in, based on his age, he should be going into fourth grade. He's going into sixth grade. And we're already like halfway through his sixth grade math book because oh, wow. he enjoys math, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that in public school. My um, eight-year-old, He's reading at an eighth grade level because he got to, like, we had him tested back in the spring. Like, I have the results to prove it. He's reading at an eighth grade level because those are the books he's interested in, right? And my, uh, he just turned seven. He's a grade ahead in language arts because he just, he just excels in it. And so, you know what? We got halfway through his language arts program and we're like, I'm like, you know all this stuff let's move on to the next grade. So we did. (laughs) Right. So we have so much flexibility. Now he's on track with math and we move through math like we should be. Um, And then my three and a half year old, we're beginning reading. Like he picks out, he's like been picking out a couple sight words. We're learning sounds like he's three and a half and he's learning how to read. That's awesome. Yeah. We can do that because we're homeschooling. Right. And that's one of the beautiful things when you are able to have heartfelt connection with your children, you can then prioritize rigorous academics and just watch them sail, watch them like do their thing and love it. Right. And then you can like, you know, sit on the couch and cuddle with them and watch documentaries that they care about instead of like, I still remember, I just saw that they're coming out with like a new, um, the color purple, that book. I remember mm-hmm. reading that book in high school and I was like, is there a page missing? Like it starts with her being raped. And I'm like, uh, I like, I went to my teacher. I'm like, is this how the book starts? Like, I didn't want to read that. And actually like was kind of traumatic for me. Cause it brought up some things that had happened to me as a kid. And so it was just one of those things where like, oh my gosh, like my kid doesn't have to read that. <laughs> yeah. If they don't want to. But then like my oldest, we were reading Lord of the Flies. I have all boys. So it's actually really important we read Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that book. The boys all get stranded on an island and it becomes really violent. I'm like, this is why I need you to be calm. 
<laughs> we're not creating yeah. Lord of the Flies at home. <laughs> anyway, yeah. tangent. Um, but the flexibility that homeschooling brings is incredible. And you can really see your children excel in what they're amazing. Oh, this is what it was. Um, do you at all thinking about from like a dad's perspective, right? Most dads really want their children to get an excellent career, right? One they love, but one that earns them a lot of money, right? The people who make the most amount of money are those who are highly specialized. Public school teaches you a little bit of everything. It does not highly specialize you in anything. It's broad. Like my my business mentor, she says, broad is broke, <laughs> right? It's the people who are highly specialized who make the most amount of money, right? And so when you homeschool, your kids are able to develop their passions and their interests and learn deeply about certain things that they actually love. And then they become an expert in it. Right. And then when they, they get, can be hired as a consultant for whatever it is or work their way up because they've learned about what they're passionate about and they know how to learn more. They're resourceful because they understand their brain because they were given the time to pursue their passions and develop a love of learning and research and just general like, I want to I want to know more and curiosity. So anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um. Yeah, because like we talk, like you say how like some of your kids are excelling in like specific topics and, you know, the other ones they are just, you know, learning at the level that they're supposed to be. But then like you have like kids in public school, like they're just bored because they know Mm -hmm. it all. And then they aren't given the like the creativity or the materials or anything to keep going, you know, like I have um a family member who's in elementary school and it's like they seem to have a lot of behavioral issues but it's also because they've finished all the homework they've aced everything and now they're just like like what are I supposed to do they're gonna sit there and want to talk to the other kids because they're done yeah and that's like the negative one of the negatives about public school like you can't foster the needs of each individual it's really just like we were saying general to all of them and it's like so unfair to expect like all 30 kids in a classroom to like meet the same benchmarks and like like what about the few that are like really excelling and then the other few that are really falling behind, like yeah. it's impossible for that one teacher to cater to everyone. Like there's only so much they can do. And, you know, when you're homeschooling, it's you can cater to each kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think too much is expected of teachers for what the resources that they have. Like they have the great education and this is an entirely different topic, but one of the things that I see in homeschool families, like dad finally agrees to homeschooling. And then he's like, mom struggles, right? Mom's like, okay, how do I corral the kids? How can I teach them? How do I structure this thing? What do I teach them? Right. There's so many, like there's a flood of questions and there's a flood of answers out there. But sometimes I see dads come down hard on the moms because they're like, Hey, you wanted to do this. Where are the results? Well, you're expecting 
a mom who's usually untrained in educating um, to do the same thing that someone went to school for for four years and paid probably over a hundred thousand dollars you're expecting her to do the same thing um at the like that that's not fair like mom needs to be trained too that's one of the things that i love to do like help moms with like obviously we're not doing school at home you don't need to go to school for four years to learn how to train your children um but like that's what kind of dads are expecting i'm like did you send her to school for this (laughs) she's Mm got to be trained too Um, but you know, I think so much is expected of teachers and most of them are doing the best that they can. Um, and there's like, I putting my kids in a class of 30, like, holy smokes, like that's a reality where I live. Sometimes it even goes up to 35. Like I know teachers who teach down the street from me, right? 35, especially small children. Who's falling through the cracks? The ones that have behavioral issues. Is it because they're bored or is it because they need more social emotional development? If that's the case, like definitely bring them home because you're the best person to teach them because nobody loves your child more than you. And for dads, nobody's going to care more about their education, about the quality, about um, the consistency and the depth than dad. Like, why wouldn't you do that? It, it just makes so much sense once you take out like this, you know, myth, like socialization or um, whatever, whatever holds people back. There's this is so much there's so much benefit to it. I know. And that's why I just like uh, I just want to like to debunk these myths because I'm like tired of hearing people say about the whole like homeschool kids are weird like I know people say that but like I'm trying to remember like I know a decent amount of homeschooled kids and they're not weird and then I know some kids I went to public school with and like they're kind of weird (laughs) you know like I just don't think there's really a correlation between where you went to school I think it there's like just so much more to it than than blaming one thing you know so it's very much like a straw man argument like there's nothing there like it was you were weird before (laughs) (laughs) homeschooling didn't make anybody weird you were already weird I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) exactly so true so like what what advice I guess do you do you have for moms who are maybe like okay I want to start homeschooling this is something I want to do but yeah, like it's, it's overwhelming. Like you said, you didn't go to school for it and spend, you know, $100,000 to have a degree in teaching. Uh, What words of advice and wisdom do you have for for the moms? Yeah, great question. Great question. So the only thing you need to be a successful homeschool mom is to be willing and resourceful. That's it. Like, if you're willing to try new things and you're resourceful and like finding um, the what you need to support you or the right curriculum for your kids, because there's there's a huge neurodivergent um, homeschooling population. Parents are not bringing their kids home because of um, like, let's say, theological differences or moral differences in the public school. It's because they realize their kids not thriving there. And so if you're resourceful in what your child needs to learn and you're willing to do anything like to make it happen, that's all you need. You don't need an educational degree. Like you have Google. I can teach you to use chat GPT, like, <laughs> you know, if we need to get there. Right. But there are such a plethora 
of resources to educate your children well from home. That just that wasn't the case when I was a kid. Like it's so different. And so it can be easy to be overwhelmed with that. But if if you take this in consideration, you love your child more than anybody else on the planet. You're willing to put your neck out farther for them than a teacher would, right? So you love them the most. And if you're willing and resourceful, those are the only things you need. You fall back on those and then you move forward, right? And then there's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but this growth mindset, growth mindset versus a fixed mindset that will entirely change your life. And the way I like to bring that together is you fail forward fast, fail forward fast. So try something new, see if it works. If it doesn't, okay, you failed, but you're moving forward. It's kind of like you're stumbling Mm -hmm. over yourself, (laughs) right? So, and you've got to be willing and resourceful to do that. And so failing forward fast growth mindset and remembering like sitting in the fact, nobody loves my kid more than I do. Okay. I'm qualified for this. And to realize that public school has only been like a real thing in the last 125 years and that homeschooling was how we did things before. Like actually public school is weird if you look at it in a historical context, <laughs> right? So yeah. it, it, if you realize, oh, that's how people educated their children like 150 years ago and prior. <laughs> and also to realize like, this is what super wealthy people are doing. Like they homeschool their kids. Some of them send them to private school, but super wealthy people like billionaires homeschool their children. Multimillionaires homeschool their children. I like, they're my business mentors. Like I know that they're homeschooling their kids, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not something that's unfounded. Like we did it historically and really smart, wealthy people are doing it. Maybe there's something to it. And if I love my children the most, I'm the most qualified. So that's, that's, I would like get you into that mindset. And then if you've got like specific questions um, or you want help, like that's what I do. I help you get clear on the legacy you want to create with your family. And um, from there, we build a schedule. From there, we talk about curriculum. From there, we like dive intimately into your relationships that you want to cultivate with your kids, right? It's so much more than just giving them knowledge. It's so much more. It's teaching them how to love and live. And how you want to do that is going to be different from how I want to do that. So I help families get clear on that. And um, then we work at the kinks along the way. (laughs) That is awesome. So where can our listeners find you and reach out to you if they really want to learn more about what you do and get started in homeschooling? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at homeschool coaching mama. If you want to come follow me, uh, reach out to me through DMs. My website is homeschoolfamilylegacy.com. Homeschoolfamilylegacy.com. We're all about empowering, igniting, and equipping parents to homeschool well. Um, and uh, I have a freebie for anybody who is listening. Um, and this is this is going to be great. Like if you listen to this podcast, you're probably probably got kids. So this is even good. This freebie is going to be great for you. Even if you just have like nieces and nephews or kids you want to like mentor, but it's called fostering intelligence through meaningful conversation. And it's a 20 minute mini course. Uh, I have a little download in there 
And basically, I give you a couple scripts to use to foster intelligence with just with talking with your kids and intentionally pivoting conversations to dive back into their curiosity and help them develop their critical thinking skills as well as emotional intelligence. So we expand their confidence, nurture curiosity, and help them develop a love of learning. So that's what that's all about. Um, and I'll have I'll have the link uh, for 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 you to give to your listeners. But if you go to my my main page on my website, you can also join there too. Awesome, great! This was a great conversation, Amanda. I'm gonna make my husband listen to it when it airs, um, and hopefully, other people are convinced about the benefits of homeschooling as well. So, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, and if your husband like wants to talk to me. Because he's either mad because it's okay. Dads can be mad too. It's important. Like dads are allowed to express their frustration. If he wants to talk to me, like let's set up a Zoom and let's talk because I think I love talking to dads too. They're so important in the role of homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. And like we want them on board with this really big life decision. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Not just on board. We want them involved because they're their strong dad presence really makes a difference in family dynamics. And um, I, I really love to, if, like, if any dads are listening, you are so needed in the family unit. We need you even more because of how powerfully you can pivot your family. You matter so much. And it's so infuriating the message that culture sends about dads right now. We need you to stand up and be powerful and defend your family. Like you are so important more than you know. Yes, I love that. Amen to that. Thanks so much, Amanda. Of course. It's been great, Miranda. Thanks for inviting me on. Thank you all for joining me in another episode of the Bread Therapy Mama podcast. If you like this kind of content, check out my blog for recipes, how-tos, product recommendations, and more. Just go to breadtherapymama.com. I'll see you all in the next episode.